Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are continuing on with the content community catch-ups. We are talking to Louie from the Pod Pod, getting his opinions on his Port Adelaide power. Also, all the hot topics at the moment and giving him some lines for opening round. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And joined once again by Luke Rodison, coach of the Oxlongs. How are you, mate? Good, mate. You know what? I, I could kind of get in the habit of this, talking to these well-educated people about yeah, fantasy. I've, I've been having to talk to you for a few years now. <laughs> oh, I, 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 don't mind, uh, <laughs> I don't mind talking to these guests, and uh, none better than the bloke that we've got today. Should we get him on the screen? Let's get him in. We are talking to Welcome Louis. to uh, Louis. Now, Louis, you are welcome to the show, mate. First time on. Uh, I, I don't know whether I said the, from the pod pod off the top of the show, but you're also a member of the coaches panel and uh, pop your head into the Keeper League podcast a lot as well. So you're a man of many talents, uh, but welcome to the show first and foremost. No, thanks, boys. And can I just say, uh, I absolutely love your intro music. It really takes me back to just being a kid sitting on the floor watching TV on Channel 10. Uh, it's it's awesome. Do you remember that ad with the, uh, was it the Bull, the, the yeah, Buddy yeah, yeah. Franklin, all that? Just uh, yeah, it gets the adrenaline running even today. That's exactly where we, we, we got the idea from, was was literally that ad. And we were like, that that would be perfect. Gets and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just tattooed on my brain, that one. We, we've had to fight copyright issues and everything, but the, <laughs> the song is here to stay. We've got it all sorted. So no, glad you appreciate it, mate. Absolutely. Now, mate, we, um, you know, you, you may have caught uh, some of the previous interviews we've done, but we want to start each of the shows by uh, picking our guest brain about uh, their club. So nobody knows a uh, club like your own club, and uh, you're a port man. 
Mate, we want some to... Some would say a Port Nuffy, I think I've heard the accusations <laughs> fly around. So we should be getting some very good takes training here. training sessions. This guy, he's on the front lines. He's a lurker. He's there. <laughs> he's there. What, um, initially, mate, what are your thoughts about Ollie Wines? Somebody who's been getting a little bit of hype in some circles. What, what are your takes on Wines? Look... As a Port Power Nuffy, I am big on Ollie Wines, uh, and you're right, I have been going down to the trainings. That's the advantage of living just down the road from Alberton, so that's always nice. But, uh, yeah, Ollie Wines, is he's going to be an interesting one this year, especially uh, just because he wasn't on the inside as much last year. Um been a bit of hype of him in, in AF and uh, there's already been you know a couple of articles. Ken Hinckley said it himself. Uh, Ollie Wines is going to be getting back onto the inside a little bit more permanently, but I'm probably not as high on him uh, from a scoring perspective just because uh, in years previous, he sort of had to be the main guy. And uh, yep. since then, there's been a couple of guys, obviously Rosie and Butters have sort of popped up and I'm not sure Ollie Wines needs to sort of do it all. He can be a bit more of a quality over quantity player now and just apply his trade sort of at the coal face and and let Rosie and Butters do their thing. So I think he's probably more of a super coach pick. I don't play that format, but I imagine he would be. But um, in AF, yeah, he feels more like maybe a 95 guy max, probably more your 90. And um, some examples of of players similar, I'm probably thinking like your your Ben Cunnington, your, your Jacob Hopper, uh, Matty Rao, you know, like those a, guys. Who Tom, are just, uh, uh, Collingwood, Tom Mitchell sort of type, yeah, would you say? Yeah, exactly. Guys that are super good footballers, but it just doesn't translate to fantasy. So, uh, you know, there's some upside there, and he's not going to be a bad pick. I don't think he'll burn you by any means, especially with that West Coast matchup round one. He should be able to pop there and get you on your way. But, um, yeah, I'm not as hot on Ollie Wines. I think that I think that's comforting to hear um, because from an outside perspective, you, you look at Port Adelaide and you think, who are you handing the keys to? Like, oh, it's it's, it's not wines kids, anymore. Man. Like, we, you you might have heard how much we love Butters. Um, it's Butters and Rosie for me. Yeah, so 100%. that's that's comforting to hear from somebody who's down at training. If, so. if it was anyone to move out, I, I would have thought it'd be uh, Willem Drew who gets pushed out or, or sees a reduction to make way for wines to go up from his fifty percent, but. Drew had fifty percent himself last year, and I think I heard somewhere that he's in the leadership group now. Is that is that right? Yeah, he signed a four year contract at the end of last year, and That's he's right. in the leadership group. So I'm not sure if there's any regrets there at all. But um, yeah, we'll see. That that midfield mix at Port's going to be super fascinating, and it's uh, it's probably going to be some ups and downs within it. But um, I think those two, which we mentioned before, Rosie and Butters, will be probably the main guys there. Yeah, so speaking of those two players, if you had to pick one of them, who would you pick between Rosie or Butters, considering the fact there is a little bit of a price difference? Uh, maybe I'll throw it to you two ways. Who do you think scores more, and who do you think is a better starting pick when it comes to AFL fantasy? Oh, is the answer the same, or is it different? Yeah, it's a good question, guys, and I've been asked Butters first, Rosie, uh, like endlessly this preseason, and I'm... I'm really not much clearer either. I think they're both going to be really good picks. I think they both have improvement. Um, I think Butter's probably more of like a 105 guy, more impactful, whereas I can see Rosie pushing up into those 110 areas uh, just based on his versatility. Um, Yeah, Butters is more that contested player as well. And we talk about Ollie Wines and uh, I actually jumped into the stats here, here boys. And uh, when we go into the uncontested possessions, uh, Rosie and Butters were 10th and 13th respectively. So 
round about the same. But then uh, when you get into the contested stuff, Rosie's ranked at 68th in the competition and Butters at 33rd. So to me, that sort of says that when Ollie Wines is going to be in that midfield who in previous years has ranked 14th and 4th for contested possession, uh, Ollie Wines also uh, 56th last year. I just see improvement there, and I think that's going to bite more into Butters' sort of um, contested pill within that midfield. Yeah. Uh, Jason on France is 58th, so they're, they're sort of the same player in a way. I'm not saying – I'm not knocking Butters here, but um, yeah. I don't feel like Rosie's as reliant on that contested ball. So yeah. for that reason, I, I'm probably leaning more Rosie, and I think he's – He's more of a captain option as well and, and more likely to avoid the tag just based on his versatility, as I mentioned. How about those stats yeah. that Louis bringing? Come Thanks. 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 Bro, we tried to do some simple math on the podcast <laughs> like two episodes ago. We couldn't even get through yeah, that. Yeah, no, that We're, was horrible, that math. But... Thank you. Thank you for bringing and, some and absolute I'll, I'll, I'll throw you one more too, boys, yeah, because uh, Porter Bain sort of, uh, arming and ahhing about what their wingmen are going to be this season. And, you know, we've heard Georgiades just recently. Uh, Tommy Clory was getting a run. Yeah. Um, I definitely think we'll see Burgoyne and Farrell, who are, you know, probably got their L plates on in terms of wingmen a little bit. So the fact that uh, Butters and Rosie are capable on the outside too, I just wonder if there's a little bit more outside ball, a little bit more responsibility for them. So, uh, yeah, they're both going to be smash picks, I think. But, yeah. yeah, for me, I just lean Rosie, and he's my favourite player too, so there's probably a little bit of bias there. Oh, yeah, see, that maybe that's where we are because we, we love Butters. I remember watching that game against Melbourne in the wet when he just went off, and I, honestly, that's the best game of football I've seen in years, so clean. to be honest. So but um, just to maybe tie into that, one stat that I found very interesting when digging into a few of these Port players was in 2022, Port Adelaide were right up the top. They were third in terms of AFL fantasy points per game. But last year, they were dead last. Now, it correlated with them actually having a really good home and away season. Um, so I wouldn't expect much of a change in terms of a game plan. But am I? is there at least, because they are last, there's a little bit upside that maybe as a team they get a bit of an uptick in their scoring and could that benefit some of those top-end guys or do you expect more of a similar kind of game style this season? Yeah, no, I've been um, sort of saying, yeah, I think the only way is up here and uh, one thing for Port's game style is their line coaches have all switched around quite a bit. There's also okay. a couple of new ones in there which may uh, just naturally make a difference right there. Um, but... Yeah, in, ter- in terms of their scoring, it's anyone's guess. But I, I think, um, yeah, I think when the-, the ocean rises, all the boats rise. So yeah, yeah. hopefully that's uh, an advantage for Connor Rosie and-, and Zach Butters there. Now, mate, steering away from midfield, uh, midfielder, sorry, uh, this-, this next question is becoming, I think, an increasingly kind of hot topic as well, is what do we do at the R3 spot? And uh, Mr. Sweet is a name that's uh, popping up. Is he somebody that spent any time in your team or what's the go with Sweetie? Uh, he was spent, he spent a couple of weeks in my time when I shot out that tweet that uh, yep, Jordan Sweet's been the uh, the Ruckman all preseason. But Sent Twitter ablaze that tweet, I reckon. It did, it did, <laughs> but about a week later. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? 
Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Later, uh, there was another tweet from Matt Turner, I think it was, Journal in Adelaide, that said, Ivan uh, Soldo, who's now out, uh, he's now into full training, uh, which sort of surprised me. I thought with a broken finger he might have, you know, returned a little bit earlier just because um, that happened so early on in the preseason. But... But uh, he's not there currently. Uh, I think he's probably, well, he's obviously going to be the next best um, ruck option, uh, but that's going to be behind Soldo. So I'm not expecting them to play dual rucks, uh, yeah. and that's just because uh, Dixon's in the side, Finlayson's in the side. Uh, they're two players that have proven that they can be uh, quite valuable backups within that midfield. Uh, but also, just looking at the structure of their side, uh, it's starting to get very, very tall. I mean, we've got Alir Alir, who's obviously best 22. Georgiades uh, is up on a wing, but he's a tall. Uh, Dixon Finlayson, as I already mentioned. Brandon Zirk Thatcher in the trade period. Same with Asaba. Todd Marshall. Does Ollie Lord play? Um, Ryan Burton's quite tall as well. So, oh, no, it's the land uh, of the giants over there. It, it is that's why your fantasy scoring so low <laughs> on a team basis. That's it. So I'm, I'm not. I'm probably going to go out on a limb and say we won't see them both in the same Together. side unless yeah. somebody gets injured up forward or something. Right. I have heard. Some, I've seen some quotes today that that suggest that um, if Sweets in there, he's going to be a pure ruck. But mm. um, they they did say something like uh, Soldo can play forward if needed. So. I don't know if that's going to push maybe one of those other guys out or if that... I'm not sure exactly what that means. I tend to agree with what you're saying in that if one of them will be in there, they'll be Sol Ruck. Um, but I guess it just depends on who it is. And we, obviously, are the cheaper guy. We want Jordan Sweet to be in there. Uh, if he is named Sol Ruck round one, is that someone that you're going to be going with on your bench at that R3 spot? And can we rely on him being there in round five and six when Grundy and Gordon have those buyers? Oh, probably not. Um, I just, in the back of my head, I just constantly have that feeling that he's going to be dropped for Soldo or uh, I mentioned, you know, Land of the Giants, as you said, Luke. Uh, does that mean that if Port's sort of getting outrun on the ground, a little bit of speed, do they, do they sub out that Ruckman? And, and uh, you know, that's obviously going to affect his break even and his scoring. So for me, I'm probably just going to steer clear and, uh, and hope that another Ruckman pops his head up. I know... Toby Conway has sort of been yeah. mentioned a bit. Uh, Finbar Malley was getting a little bit of hype a few weeks ago, but uh, the way it's trending, I'm sort of thinking we might have our uh, we might have our loop because I'm not sure we're going to have a, a green dot in that R3 position. 
And can, can you believe we used to have two uh, rucks yeah, on the bench as well? Days, just, just man. Craziness. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think you're probably on the money there. It's just a few too many flags there about what kind of happens with that mix to, to bank on it being around six. It will be interesting to see how it goes in the preseason, though. I wouldn't... I don't know. I'm personally not ruling it out yet, but... It's because you put him in your team five minutes oh, ago, yeah, man. Just, just Revealed. Revealed. See how it works Okay, out. we could talk Port all day, uh, Lou, but we want to uh, jump into some potentially unconventional takes. So is there is there anything that you've heard in the fantasy community that is getting a lot of traction that maybe you're thinking, yeah, I'm not quite sure about that take? Oh, just one thing is probably the injury-prone players. Uh, I always yes. get a little bit funny about that because it's just, it really is just impossible to predict. And uh, each preseason when we're talking about setting up our starting squads, uh, who, who are the guys we're looking at? It's usually the ones who have had a few injuries. Yeah, that's the late. reason why they're value. <laughs> they present value, exactly right. So, you know, if we want to go down that stream, then you may as well not pick Luke Davies, Uniac, uh, Zach Williams is super popular. You can't pick him. Yeah, exactly. Yo, God forbid, you know, you're not going to go near him. Like, it's endless. Fife, Adams, like, uh, these guys present value and uh, it comes off the back of injury a little bit. But um, you you sort of have to contextualise it a little bit as well. Like, um, last night I shot out a tweet about Orazio Fantasia and uh, I got the piss taken out of me a little bit about how he can't get on the park, which, which is fine, but... For some of these players, all you actually need is five weeks of yeah. good footy yeah. for it to be a nice pick. Yeah, and then do your hamstring. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So, you know, these guys, they're not on a list because they just can't get on the park. Like they're, they're clearly doing something right, and they are stringing some games together each year. Uh, I think it's probably a good way to split hairs if you're deciding between, like, a premium. Uh, but in terms of just, like, starting squad picks, certainly value picks, um, I think it's overdone. Sometimes it's a bit of a cop-out just to, you know, not do your research on them. Yeah, yeah I, I 100% agree. That sometimes drives my my head in. I, I think there is differences between, obviously, certain types of injury histories. Like, if someone's done their hamstring three, four times, like, then that's obviously something that you need to take into account. But last year, Zach Butters was the prime example. Some yeah. people didn't trade him in, like, after the first few rounds we went to midfield because, no, he's injury prone. And I'm sure they'd be kicking themselves. Um, Tim English was injury prone last year, played every single game and was the highest scoring player of the season. So uh, I do tend to agree with you there. Um, yeah, and the LDU thing just irritates me because... Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. you can label that straight away and uh, just avoid him for that reason. Oh, it's where the value is. Now, mate, keeping with the, I guess, theme of unconventional takes, is there anyone sitting in your team at the moment that people might look twice at and go, hang on a second, nobody's been talking about uh, this fella? As long as you're happy to reveal your secrets, of course, mate. Oh, it doesn't bother me, mate. Um, I think opening round's probably going to change a lot anyway. It's certainly going to be um, a period that changes minds more than it makes them up. Yeah. Uh, just having a look here, unconventional pick. Uh, prob- probably, uh, I know he's a rookie, but probably Fantasia's one. Um, and also Jack Billings. Uh, I'm pretty Ooh, keen it's on... It's in my team. <laughs> yeah, priced at 60. Like, it doesn't... I don't feel like it's as difficult to jump from 60 to 80, which would which would be enough, whereas yeah. some of those more contentious picks in the 70s, needing them to jump to 90s just feels a little bit uh, more difficult. So, yeah. yeah, for me, big watch on on Jack Billings, but, he, he you know, at 538K, he presents an option to, you know, drop down to like a James Jordan or, or a Nat Fife or, you know, somebody else that pops in that forward line because it's anyone's guess at the moment. 
if it's good enough for Louis, it's good enough for me. I'll just make those changes now. Thank you, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, I told you about it. Nah, I didn't hear it from you. <laughs> All righty, let's talk about... We're going to be talking about some hot topics. These topics are so hot right now. Talking forwards and the early buys. <laughs> Louis probably can't even hear the sound of me. so hot right now. Hansel. You can hear it back later when he re- replays this episode. <laughs> Hansel, so hot right now. Yeah, um, you look like you're enjoying yourself there, boys. Can you hear, hear the sound one? effect at all? <laughs> nah, nah like probably, these... sound, probably look like a bunch of idiots over we here. We always look like a bunch <laughs> of idiots, mate. Um, talking hot topics, uh, the forward line. We kind of alluded to it a bit before with some of your, your spicier picks there, but what's your general approach to the forward line this year? Now, I know the, the stock answer is we're going to wait till preseason games, which are not too far away and opening round and all that, but... Just from a general point of view, do you think it's a, a line that we can maybe look to avoid premiums altogether and go cheaper? Seems to be a common thought out there. Do you feel like you at least want to have one of those sort of top guys or, or what's your approach to the forward line in general this season? Uh, yeah, mate, it's it's anyone's guess really. And I'm, this is probably where I'm hoping uh, that opening round sort of you know enlightens me a little bit here. Uh, in the forward line, I, I generally want to pick a guy who I can sort of bank on being there the whole year if possible. So I'm still pretty keen on like a Jack McRae as like that pillar uh, in my forward line. I know he had a bit of a hamstring. You, you uh, know pillars need to be upright, oh. don't you? <laughs> pillars, pillars can't oh. be on, on the old perpendicular. Oh, don't, don't start all that up again, Luke. That's... Uh, <laughs> That's dangerous on X, mate. But uh, yeah, and and then outside of that, probably uh, yeah, taking more of a punt uh, when you see that Jack McRae is that top priced forward at what ninety three, uh, and I mentioned before, it doesn't feel like it's too difficult for some of these guys to jump up twenty points to like that eighty range. In which case, you know, you're only ten points shy, which is you know a little bit less than one hundred k. So uh, off of Jack McRae's price, so. Yeah, probably going to take a few punts there, but at the same time, I want to be um, want to keep a watchful eye on that ownership too, because yeah. uh, if somebody does get out the gates and a lot of the competition do own them, then I feel like you might get left behind in that forward line. And yeah, uh, yeah if you get the picks wrong there, it could be a little bit lonely. That's um interesting. You mentioned that, and I'll ask a follow up question about you know um, ownership percentages and how that dictates your moves. Are you um a team vanilla kind of guy to start the season and make it a trading game from there. What's what's your stance on that one? Yeah, I'm probably I probably do lean more towards team vanilla. Um, but there's hanging around. It feels like uh, there is a bit more diversity this year somehow. Even though like we're sort of. Um, We've sort of been limited on the players we can pick, but just looking at some of the ownerships, they they just don't look right at the moment. Like you're always going to have your 40% guys, which are just like smash plays. But uh, I think the community is really like sort of diversifying a little bit this year. And there's a, there's a lot of good picks. And uh, these early buy rounds are probably in a way have probably expanded the minds of a lot of coaches in yeah. sort of digging for gold. And uh, like the forward line being like, bare bones is I think it's a great thing for fantasy because you know all of a sudden there's a bit more diversity there there's there's coaches that are sort of putting out their opinions I I like this guy because of this 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 and like it really is like probably a pool of 15 players like just in the forward line alone so yeah but yeah generally I, I like to try and play it pretty vanilla because it is like you want 
a really solid starting squad, obviously, but it is very much still a trading game. So, you know, I like to sort of cut my teeth there. Who is who is your guy that you, you again, sight unseen with the preseason games, but is there a guy in there, like one of those mid-prices perhaps, that you are more bullish on than the rest? Or oh, for mid-price, I'm pretty bullish on Matt Crouch, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just hearing a lot of good things, especially being down here in yeah, SA. Yeah. Um, wouldn't say I've got sources, but I do know, you know, quite a few um, people that have yeah. sort of, uh, you know, a couple of separation degrees of separation from the club, which are pumping up his tyres. So, you know, we know what Matt Crouch has done in the last couple of years. So if he can get back to, you know, even just low 100s, even high 90s, I'd probably be happy with for a starting pick. Yeah, love that. I mean, that's that's the thing is like you don't, you don't play a guy for four or five rounds in that role and then yeah. sign him to a new deal for no reason. And then like, send him back to the Yeah, that's I like my team is just changing as we speak to you. Like, <laughs> what um you mentioned the buys. Um it's it's another one of the hot topics, the early buys of course. Is your are you just given the company line which is, you know, no premiums, maybe some mid prices or do you have a, a sort of unconventional take in terms of uh, the early round buys? Uh, no, not really unconventional. I think um, the community's sort of fallen in line here where we're trying to avoid them. Um, I've got, you know, the popular one, Zach Williams, sitting in defence at the yep. moment, and, uh, you know, Brody Grundy, obviously. Yep. Uh, Taylor Adams floats in and out, and I already okay. mentioned Billing. So there's a couple. They're more the mid-prices, though, and I feel more comfortable in those mid-prices too because it's so hard to sort of nail one uh, and knowing that there's going to be players who are going to be much more unique coming off of those buyers across those first five rounds. I'm sort of, you know, I'm sort of happy to trade those out uh, if I miss them. So that's the way I'm going to approach it. Yeah, sometimes those early season trades are some of the more difficult because when you don't have those cash cows ready to trade out and, you know, maybe you've missed some of those bullets, something like that. Like, you, you can feel a bit stuck almost in a way in trading. It's almost so, easier to have fix-up trades yeah, that you so, need to do, yeah. So if you've got a guy oh, coming absolutely. into this buy, it's like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm trading this guy out, and that can be a direction that you can you can go, assuming well, I think, I think, you don't have the bullets. I think last season we saw it. Uh, Josh Kelly was a pretty uh, popular starting pick, and, yeah. and you know, you're, you're always scratching around for ways to make money, uh, you know, after the first round because you've just selected your squad. You're pretty much maxed out, and Josh Kelly getting injured, yeah, okay, it wasn't ideal, but, you know, on the on the flip side, it was, you know, okay, now yeah, I've got this ability to jump yeah. on a Will Setterfield yeah. or a Jack Zebel and, and have some change left over to make another fix too. So sometimes it's not the end of the world. And, you know, ideally, if it does happen, it happens to your mid prices, not your premiums. But um, I think, yeah, post round one, getting an injury isn't the worst news. It, you know, sort of helps you pivot and makes a decision for you. I guess in a way, that's why a guy like this year, Elliot Yo, there is a little bit of safety to that pick. Like we all feel confident that there's upside. We like the role. And then if he does in that first five, six weeks have an injury, you know, God forbid, then there, there is some pivoting that can be done. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely something to, to consider. Let's mm. talk about the opening round specifically. So those players that will play opening round and will have an early buy. We've been doing this on the show. We're giving you a, a hypothetical scenario where they're going to give you a score and their role and if this is going to change your mind on starting these players We're just or out not. here predicting the future, mate. That's what we're doing. This is guaranteed to happen, <laughs> actually. I've been there. I've come back. This is what's oh. going to happen. <laughs> um, but let's start in the defense. And uh, we're talking about Nick... Dacos. So, 
In opening round, Nick Dacos comes in, he lights the world on fire, and he goes 135. He plays 70% CBAs. And, uh, yeah, what are you doing with Nick, Nick Dacos if that was his opening round score? Does it change your mind about starting him versus fading him? Yeah, I think I would still fade him. Um, like, my question marks over Nick Dacos isn't his ability to score. In fact, you know, I'd kind of expect that out of him if he's at 70% CBAs. But my concern, and, and mind you, it was uh, it was misplaced last year for sure because I didn't start with him. But it's definitely more around the tags. And um, looking at his – I went over his fixture um, – on the pod pod the other day, but you know, Marcus Winhager apparently has been training as a bit of a tagger. Finn McGuinness in round four, uh, Willem Drew off the bye as well. Uh, I just think there's a few little avenues there for him to take a little knock in scoring. And uh, for me, I would just rather, it's not that I want to go against like him and his 110 ways. It's more that I would just rather pick another guy who can, do 110 and, and not have that uh, that early buy or opening round buy. While we're talking about, you mentioned the name Willem Drew there, just while you got you on because you are the Port man. Do, do we expect Willem Drew to be doing a bunch of tagging roles early in the season? I know Port are hard to score against anyway, but I don't remember Drew doing a lot of jobs last season. Is that something he's going to do this year? No, he, he definitely did. Uh, it was just more of that close-checking attention. Like, he yeah. never really, like, did that hardcore lockdown, but he's yeah. one the of those guys. With, I think we call it. Is that yeah, it? the run-with guy. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure where we spoke about it at the, at the start. I'm really not sure where Willem Drew yeah. sort of sits in here. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, even there's a bit of fluff about Ollie Wines and he only goes up 10% up to 60% CBAs rather than that 70 mark and maybe Willem Drew is still in there like 40% of the time. So, yeah, it remains to be seen. But, um, yeah, just knowing that he's capable of that uh, is a little bit of concern for me too. And I think Porter pretty difficult to score against anyway. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay, next uh, next line, and I reckon this one should almost come with a gamble responsibly tag because Mitch has even bumped it up to make it more tempting. <laughs> he reckons that Kitty Coleman comes out, gives you an even hunch with 40% kick-ins. Would that tempt you for Kitty Coleman? Oh, He's changed see, it on the other fly. I reckon I'd still fade him. Uh, just yep. based on his career score so far, I reckon I'd sort of take that as exception to the rule. Yep. Uh, and then I, I would just end up keeping a really close eye on it. What does he have the round two by? So get two looks at him. If he seriously looks a million bucks, then he's probably a guy that, like I mentioned, if you pick a failed mid-price or maybe or you know injured premium, for example, he might be the pivot point where I can get him uh, still relatively cheap. Yeah, fair so. enough. I think I'm fading him too. But yeah, the 100, I reckon, will tempt a lot of people because he is popularly uh, rostered at the moment. Let's talk about another popular guy in the back line, which you said is in your team right now, Zach Williams. He comes out, he has a 75 in opening rounds, doesn't take any kick-ins. Um, what are you doing with Zachy Williams? Does he stay in your team in that situation? That, that would probably lock him for me uh, because I just can't see him not being a guy who takes kick-ins. So I would just look at that as upside, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, 75 right. would be the line for me anyway, I think. Zach Williams is the kind of guy that, you know, can drop 100 on your head pretty quick. He's uh, got a bit of ceiling there. And, yeah, I want to be a part of that. And I think his ownership is getting to that point now where it's something that I don't really want to go against either. So a bit of safety in numbers there. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's my way of thinking as well. When Mitch put the zero 
0% kick-ins there. I think it was meant to deter our guest, but I think it actually works in the opposite because See, I, if yeah. he's popping a 75 with no kick-ins, then I reckon he's going 95 oh, next I week. Still, I still think you've got Saad there. You've got, uh, you've got Newman. You've got Doherty who could come back. But if uh, he's found a way day. to score a 75, which you know we'd be close to happy with without doing it, yeah. there's only upside from there. Well, I mean, the concern would be if he's a small forward and it's 0% yeah. kick-ins. <laughs> yeah. We need to defense. put a little disclaimer, little <laughs> Defense, yes. <laughs> okay, who we got next? We got Tommy Green, and I think Mitch has done this to you again on the fly, mate. Sorry, I sent you through the notes, but they're all wrong. Tom Green gives you 150. Oh, jeez. Round zero, and I mean, the 85% CBAs is irrelevant. That's what he did last year, but 150, could you turn your nose up? Can you pull us up on the big He's already causing me headaches at the moment because I'm really big on Tom Green and yep. yeah, one fifty. Oh, I would lose so much sleep. I reckon uh, it's definitely been in and out of my side. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, see that we North matchup. I know there's a bit of talk that he <laughs> that he could be tagged again. Uh, just based he was on tagged uh, from memory. His his early. He's got the Chills, West Coast. Yeah, West Coast North, but I don't think he scored well against those teams last year. From memory serves. Yeah, so I don't know if history repeats itself. Uh, I'd like to think I stay strong, but that might be another one where, uh, yeah, if the, I think there'll be a massive shift oh, in the community yeah, if you drop it, 150. It so sure. yeah, it might be sort of like, all right, I'll jump on with everybody else. And if we get burnt, if it's a mistake, uh, then, well, I mean, it's not going to be a mistake, but obviously he's got that early buy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just take it as it comes with that one. So yeah, sitting on the fence a little bit, but I'll, I'll say no. Okay. <laughs> All right, got the line there. Yeah, we've got it right. I'm trying to make it as difficult as possible. <laughs> All right, uh, the next one here, again, another uh, well, mid-price or, or under-price premium, Sam Walsh. He comes out and he scores a 125 at 65% CBAs. What are you doing with Sam Walsh after a 125 opening round? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not that keen on Sam Walsh anyway. Uh, I think a lot's changed with Carlton uh, since he was sort of going at that 110 mark. Yep. He doesn't need to be that guy that does it all. And uh, I think Sam Doherty coming up onto that wing has really um, sort of eaten into him a little bit too because Sam Doherty is that guy that can sort of link from contest to contest as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Sam Walsh probably closer to just, you know, maybe 105 anyway, in, in which case, which is, you know, great and plenty of upside there. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably just avoid it given that buy. Yep, fair enough. Next one up, Mitch, you have been changing stuff, mate. Max Gorn, 200. What are you... What are you... <laughs> not that. No, 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 it's, that's a stitch up. Max Gorn gives you the even, the even hunch and 80% CBAs. I think that that's irrelevant. But Maxi Gorn gives you the 100. Is he in your team? Uh, nah. Uh, for me, I'm chasing a bit more value in that yep. line. Uh, and, and it's already there anyway. So I, yep. I know what Max Gorn's definitely capable of, but... Um, I'd rather pick the, you know, like your Tristan Cherry or your Brody Grundy, who's, uh, you know, priced 200k less, and and bridge that gap, and then trade into a Max Gorn post buy probably. Maxi Gorn has the full functioning face. Does that tempt you? X series, X series uh, facial fracture. No, no, that, that doesn't concern me at all. You know, you don't run on your face. Correct. You're not supposed to. I've anyways, been hearing no. this. I've been hearing this, and I, it turns out I've been doing it wrong this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, let's go to the flip side then. You said you were keen on this guy. Brody Grundy in opening round against Max Gorn. He scores a 79. It's very um, specific. So, yeah, I'm just in the 70s, you know. <laughs> uh, he comes out and scores a 79. Are you deterred by any stretch or are you still backing him in? 
Nah, I'd still back him and I'll just take solace in that ownership percentage. I yep. think, um, you know, even the good coaches will be starting Brody Gundy uh, reg- regardless for the most part. So, yeah, I'll probably just ride that wave and hope he can bounce back a little bit. And, you know, maybe it deters other people, which, you know, happy days. Sammy Flanders, someone we haven't spoken about yet. What if he came out and gave you 100 on 50% CBAs? Where would you, what would you think? Uh, yeah, I haven't been too hot on Sam Flanders. In fact, he hasn't spent any time in my team this okay. preseason uh, just because I think that the Suns have a few other guys in there that he's behind. And I know he doesn't necessarily rely on the CBA system, but um, you know, then I think about Dimmer and you know who's scored over 100 in Dimmer's game style. That could yep. always change too. But uh, yeah, for those reasons, I think I would just be stubborn and, and trade into him after the buy with that one. Yeah, fair enough. There's a few things up in the air there. Yeah, uh, and Taylor Adams to round it out. Taylor Adams scores a 95 on 50% CBA. So he gets a decent score, but the role's not quite what some are hoping for. What are you doing with Taylor Adams after 95? Yeah, with the lack of forward options, I'd probably still do it. And um, I, me- I mentioned, I'm not sure what podcast it was, but um, Taylor Taylor Adams comes up against Collingwood in round one. And Does. I just think that there's a there's a bit of bad blood there. I think there's a bit of screw you about Taylor Adams. I'm yeah. not sure he's uh, totally happy about it. So I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, round one, he sort of turns it on. And if he can go, you know, 110 plus in that round one matchup priced at 76, then look, away you go. And I'm yeah. not convinced he's going to be there the whole season necessarily or even be top six. But uh, all he needs to do is pop one early to get that price rise and then we can sort of see the lay of the land and maybe, you know, jump onto somebody else. Good call. Yeah, good call. That's actually a very good point. His price will definitely be moving there. All right, going away from the opening round lines, talking just just quickly, some locks and watches. Uh, We've talked to a few players that you've liked this uh, podcast, but just give us one player, aside from the, obviously, the layout picks or the rookies, that hasn't left your side all preseason and you can't see yourself not starting this year. Well, this was a good one, boys. I've I've got a few and they're and they're pretty popular. So you know, you're Tom Stewart, Hayden Young, um, Luke Davis, Uniac, Steele, uh, Grundy. Like these guys haven't really left the left my side. But uh, the one I've been pumping up since last year is Nick Coffield. Uh, just pricing the three hundred and sixty k range. I think yeah, he's got a lot to give, and I think he can go sort of seventy seventy five, which is just absolute smash pick at that price point. Is he a lock? Is that the question you're about to ask? Oh, is he I was going to ask if this is like your last Bulldogs pick from last year, which uh, which didn't go so well <laughs> with, with Tony McLean. I remember you were pumping him up very early, and uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, a bit I, more faith I, in, in Nick. Yeah, I've got a lot of confidence in Nick Coffey okay. being S twenty two. Beautiful. Definitely one to keep an eye on in those in those. He's been floating games. around at Oxong's training. Yeah, he's been around Mitchman as well. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, to finish this one off, what are just when we're getting into the pre-seasons, which uh, by the time this podcast comes out, is going to be just days away. Um, who are, which, which teams are you watching the most closely? And are there any specific roles or midfield battles or anything like that that you've got your eye on specifically? Uh, yeah, what, one I'm pretty keen on, and the traders have pumped him up, giving him a bit of airtime lately, so I think the ownership will probably go up. But that's uh, Jordan Clark, uh, and, th- and that's just off the back of Hayden Young going into that midfield. There's 
this narrative that Heath Chapman's got all this upside because he's going to fall into that role. And, like, I think he will and he does. But uh, I just reckon Jordan Clark's been left by the wayside a little bit there. And uh, I just think he's got the potential to, to go sort of 95. And, you know, a few years ago we saw him go 160 in the preseason. And he burned a lot of coaches there. But I sort of uh, I like the fact that he's got that ceiling, you know, albeit a preseason game. But... Uh, yeah, he, he's probably one I want to keep an eye on. But yeah, in, in terms of teams, um, it's a good question. I'm I'm wondering how that Hawthorne um, yeah. side lines up in general. I think there's a lot of upside there and there's been a lot of people high on a lot of different players from that side, but they can't all sort of improve. Yeah. There's got to be some regression there. So um, uh, for the most part, I probably will stay away from some of the Hawks. But yeah, that one, I think there's... I think there's going to be a few picks from Hawthorne that are going to be absolute smash players, but I'm just not sure which one. Yeah, yeah, I kind of feel that as well. It's, it's there's going to be someone from that team, but I, I don't know who yet. If but. I get blindfold, throw the dart at the board. <laughs> just see watch, how we go. Watch the pracky matches. All right, let's get into. Uh, I reckon this is probably my favourite part of the podcast <laughs> and these uh, this little series is the rapid fire questions. So we're going to throw some questions your way, mate. I don't want you to think about it too much. Just go with your gut here. Back in the first thing that pulse into your mind yep. and uh, let us know. Uh, you can give us much or as little explanation as possible <laughs> if, if you need. So I'll throw it over to Luke. You, you throw the first one out there, mate. Okay, first one up, mate, is predict the highest averaging player twenty twenty four. Uh, actually, I think I um, replied to you, Mitch, yeah, uh, you asking this question on X. And for me, I think Jordan Dawson is probably the guy. I just think he's got a good mix of um, everything in his game. Uh, he, yeah, he's just an absolute gun, Rolls-Royce. And uh, in terms of that midfield mix, he's not as, I guess, um, I don't want to say slow, but, you know, he's, he's definitely a lot a, a much different player than like a Rory Laird and a Matt Crouch and look even like your yeah, Lukey Peddlers and stuff like that. He just offers so much and I think that outside ball can really elevate his game. So yeah, I think he can be the top averaging player. I'm not sure he gets to that 120 mark, but yeah, maybe Bont areas. Yeah, I mean, he reminds me of Bont in so many ways. Uh, let's talk about the biggest improver of this season. Who's your pick? Oh, improver. I'm going to go with Brody Grundy. Uh, I'm pretty bullish on him sort of bouncing back. Uh, How high do you reckon? I think he can go 105. Okay. What would that be? 30 points upside. 105? Yes. I almost think there's, that's safe. It's We've seen what he can do. He's very be the number one ruck. I, I like realistic. that. I like that. Okay, rapid fire. Premier, who's winning it all? Oh, good question. I haven't really even thought about it. I've been so uh, entranced in fantasy. Um yeah, probably go back to back the pies. I reckon they're good, okay. aren't they? Yeah, they seem good. to get it done in the tough games. So I'll, I'll back them. It's a, probably the easy option, but um, yeah, no, the pies play some pretty good footy. And Maybe another Nick easy. Nathan's still got a lot of room to improve again. So it's only his fucking third season, actually. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's good. Uh, wooden spoon. Who's gonna Who's gonna be last? Uh, wooden spoon. Uh, probably play it safe again too. I think North. Um, yeah, like they've got a lot of young players, and I think they'll get off to a nice start. But then, you know, young sides they often um, flatline a little bit towards the end of the season. So yeah, I'll just go with North there. I particularly like this next question: Would you rather win a hat or have your team win the premiership? Uh, oh, probably oh, premiership. Yeah, yeah, comfortably. Yeah, create those memories, and I'll probably go over there and watch it. So, yeah, hundred percent. I've got uh, about ten years of not winning a hat, but um, you know, there's no premiership in there either. So, yeah, I'd love a flag. 
Ellie's, uh, uh, sorry, Mitch's partner Ellie asked him the same question, and she's a Richmond fan as well. And he said, "Hat." I want a hat. He said, "Hat." And <laughs> yeah. So that was the wrong answer. He was in the doghouse. <laughs> well, I mean, you've seen three of them pretty recently, so yeah, I'm I can, spoiled. Uh, I'm spoiled, I can so. understand where, where you're going there. <laughs> Maybe if we won, if Port won last year, it might be a slightly different opinion. Uh, besides yourself, who is your pick to win the Content Creators Cup in 2024? Oh, geez. Uh, could you give me some of the headliners in that? Or, or I haven't even seen... Oh, well, you got, got all your you got. Of the <laughs> creators. You're looking at one of them. Uh, the reigning <laughs> defending champ. Uh, Dude, obviously, burn, boys, eh? Luke's, <laughs> Luke's up there. you got your fellow Pod Pod uh, aficionados with uh, Holmesy up there, the I Traders Bales, boys. I reckon I'd love to see Bales, Bales climb that ladder as well. Can uh, yeah, Timmy, oh, um, Timmy get up there again? I think. I was just about to say Timmy. I, I really rate what Timmy does. So he's probably one of my picks, but I, I think we can make Stato great again this year too. So <laughs> yeah. a good storyline. We could sell that. Make Stato great <laughs> again. Again. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Get his third hat. All right. Okay, this is a good one. Which Pod Pod member would die first in a zombie apocalypse? Oh, Dossie, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, Didn't he, hesitate. That was convincing. Yeah, he would. Um, yeah, he would probably outsmart himself, I think, and try to do something too tricky, and yeah, be one of the one of those guys that uh, yeah, gets killed in the first couple of episodes. <laughs> I, by the way, I apologise for this next question. I don't know what Mitch was thinking, but. Oh, you yeah. put this one in, don't worry. <laughs> would you Would you rather, think very carefully here, would you rather have nipple-sized fingers or finger-sized nipples? Oh, good question. Um, I'm a contractor, so I work with my hands. Um, I don't know, mate. What about so, this all day? <laughs> it might be able to sort of use it to my advantage, mate. Like, a, you know, it could be a coat rack or something like oh. that. Um, <laughs> These are the hard-hitting questions, and you've answered it perfectly. Okay, let's gloss over that. Do you eat or drink soup? Um, oh, good question. Yeah, probably a mixture of both. Usually I get tucked into my soup when it's too hot, so I end up just going... <laughs> <laughs> oh, very apt description. Nice. I reckon, I thought about this, I reckon it depends on the soup. If it's okay. like your your pumpkin soup, you're obviously eating pumpkin soup. If it's like your tomato yeah, soup where there's, where there's nothing really like solid in there, you're drinking tomato soup. Well, if you're dipping in your you're bread, dip- you're eating it, aren't you too? So. Very good point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's a fair call. Okay, all the right, last one. And the one that stumped us all is, uh, does a straw have two holes or one? I would say one. Yes! Oh, everyone said one, and I'm still on the two, and I'm dying on that hill. Three man. from three. Oh, uh, well, okay. I'll, I'll get someone that agrees with you one time on the podcast. But thank you for being a great sport, Louis. Uh, let us know what you've got going on over at the uh, the Pod Pod, over at the uh, Coaches Panel, and over at the Keeper League. Anything you want to plug on the show that people should be checking out or looking out for? Yeah, definitely get around the pod pod. Um, we'll be ramping up into some strategy chat now. So looking forward to that. Um, yeah, coaches panel too. They've been, uh, MJ and the boys just been absolutely smashing it. It's one of the best series in AFL fantasy and definitely do, gets the uh, juices flowing. Do you know who's number one? Do, do, do you know who's number one on the list? Yes, I do. Oh, yep. okay. I'm going to talk to you after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's not revealing it. Um, yeah, keep a leg as well. Hef and K's do some brilliant work, and you can follow me on X at AFLU. 
Very good. Make sure you do go and follow the great man. He is uh, he's right in amongst at the on the ground when it comes to the AFL uh, and Port Adelaide, especially, and always has some good takes. So follow the great man over on Twitter, and also give us a thumbs up on the uh, video today if you are enjoying these uh, conversations with different members of the community. Give this one a thumbs up, and make sure you are subscribed, five star rating review, and we will see you guys next time. Later's bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.